Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is October 19th. This is week 7 of the 2021 NFL season. My name's Michael Nazarak, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, hopefully, I had a little bit of trouble connecting tonight, but hopefully he's here, uh, my co-host and great friend, uh, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Just lovely. Thanks for asking. Uh, every, can't believe it's more than halfway through the uh, regular season for, for most fantasy football leagues. It's just getting crazy how fast it's going. But, you know, hopefully your team's still in the in the running for a playoff spot, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a bit. But, man, I, I just love this, uh, love this sport, love this season, love this game. Yep, lots to talk about, but first I want to get into a special sponsor of our show, this PredictionStrike.com. Do you wish you could have had a stock in a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Derrick Henry? Well, now Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. It's kind of like Robin Hood and DraftKings had a baby. PredictionStrike.com lets fans create portfolios of their favorite athletes so they can make money and get even closer to the game. Don't just bet on your favorite players. Start investing in them. Simply download PredictionStrike's new and easy-to-use app from the App Store or sign up at PredictionStrike.com to create an account. Use code MASTERMIND when depositing funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stocks. The value of the players will change based on game performance and supply and demand, and you can trade your share of players at any time as long as the player isn't currently playing in a game. Sign up with, once again, sign up with the promo code MASTERMIND to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. The share could be as expensive as $30, and watching how it performs will get you more comfortable with the app. If you are on an Android phone, check us out at predictionstrike.com. That's www.predictionstrike.com. Please visit the site uh, as, as a favor to the show to support us. And, of course, this is a very cool uh, game to play. Anyway, let's get right to the news and notes of the day. Uh, lots of some, some big injuries uh, around the NFL before we talk about what to do if your team's struggling. Uh, in Cleveland, the whole team is a mess with injuries. Uh, Baker Mayfield is going to try and play with a, torn, a fully torn labrum in his left shoulder. Of course, he throws the ball with his right shoulder. We'll talk a little bit about him later. But Nick Chubb is out with a calf injury. Kareem Hunt's been put on IR with a calf injury. Welcome to the show in the starting lineup, Dernest Johnson. So, Chris, what's your thought on Johnson? Do you uh, run out and pick him up if you own uh, Chubb or Hunt, or what do you think he's going to go against Denver on Thursday night? Well, I don't know how well he's going to do. I mean, Denver's a pretty tough uh, tough defense to be facing. And, and, you know, obviously Denver's got their own problems with their offense. But the thing is, he's probably going to get the lion's share of the action. And with this being such a huge bye week and with so many injuries around the league, not just in Cleveland but elsewhere, I mean, he's obviously worth a pickup and a start this week. I mean, I – 
I can't believe there's going to be, you know, if you're in a 12-team league and you can start two running backs in a flex, the odds are there are not 36 better options out there that are going to be playing this week. So uh, I think he's definitely something to look at. I, I you know, I, I wonder how much you should really bid on him if you have to spend free agent money on him just because it's not a long-term solution. I mean, Hunt will be back in a longer period of time. Chubb, I think, was even thinking of playing this week. So I think Chubb will be back next week more than likely. So you don't want to invest too much, but if you need a win this week and you need a body, and he's probably the, I mean, he's definitely going to be probably the best guy out there on the waiver wire with the exception of one of the other guys we're going to talk about here shortly. That's right. And the pass catching back, Demetric Felton, he's probably going to catch a few passes there for people in 18-team leagues <laughs> and or PPR, of course. Uh, then you might want to consider him if you're really desperate. Moving on over to Seattle, it's just a mess there at the running back position there, too. Chris Carson, of course, is on IR with a neck injury. Now, Alex Collins, who looked really good, surprisingly good, against the Steelers on Sunday night, uh, he picked up a hip glute uh, injury. He's uncertain to play. And, of course, they're playing on Monday night uh, against the Saints uh, coming off a bye. Uh, who starts there? Uh, Rashard Penny, uh, that, that, that Carroll said, that Pete Carroll just said that, hey, he's ready to go. He's going to be full speed in practice this week. That's hard for me to believe to just throw him right in there as a start. But you got D.J. Dallas and Travis Homer. Uh, what do you do, Chris, if you uh, own, uh, let's, say, let's say you own Chris Car- uh, Chris, Car- uh, I mean, uh, uh, Chris Collins, Alex Collins. Who do you pick up uh, to, to protect yourself? It's a Monday night game. I think you pick up Rashad Penny. And my gut feeling is that Collins is going to give it a go but he's going to split time with Penny. I mean, they love Penny, and he's obviously always been great. He just can't stay on the field, so they don't want to overwork him by giving him, you know, like 25 touches right off the bat. So my, my belief is that they're probably going to split time and both cut both of their value down. But, in, you know, again, like you said, the 12-team league or even the 10-team league with all the bye weeks and injuries, they might both be serviceable as a, as a second running back or as a flex. The guy that kind of intrigued me is Travis Homer. He's always – really seem to make splash plays and very limited touches. You know, he's got great speed, obviously. Um, I like him as a receiver out of the backfield. But, I mean, you're definitely not going to play a Travis Homer unless, you know, Collins and Penny both go down before Sunday. Uh, But uh, I I think Penny is going to get on the field. They're going to activate him. They're going to get him in the lineup. And they'll probably be probably close to a 50-50 split to keep either one of them from getting injured because they need both of them because Carson's going to be out long term. That's right. Okay, moving on over to Washington. Are they having issues with Antonio Gibson, who's been gutting out a stress fracture in his shin? He went in for another MRI. I think he was limited in this past Sunday's game. J.D. McKissick, of course, is a pass catching back. He's up, down, up, down, up, down. I mean, you know, it's, so you stick him in your lineup, and you might get a two, you might get a 20. Well, uh, if you own Antonio Gibson, uh, Jarrett Patterson might be out on the waiver wire, and, of course, McKissick is an option. Uh, what do you think is going to happen with Antonio Gibson this week? Uh, he's, he's, there's pending an MRI, and they haven't said anything about it. Uh, do you think he's going to play this week, Chris? Uh, it sounds like he's – I mean, he didn't think he was going to play last week, and he did. He was, again, in and out of the lineup uh, during the game. And their bye week is still a few weeks off, so I think they were hoping to get him to the bye week, and they're just kind of, you know, hanging on by a thread. I, it's probably best to sit him for a few weeks, but I, don't, I just don't know if Washington feels they can afford to do that. So – my guess is he's probably going to play, but he probably won't play the whole game. And McKissick will be the guy that will be the main beneficiary of that, much like he was last week. And we'll talk a little bit more about McKissick during our clicks and flicks. Yes, we will. Okay, we want to remind everybody that, you know, if you've gotten off to a, a, a struggling start, 
Uh, remember, the season is probably in your league one week longer because we're going 18 weeks, so maybe you might go for a full 14 or even 15 weeks before your playoffs begin. Uh, Chris, what, what, do you, what, what kind of advice do you have for people that are struggling with maybe a, a one and five team, a two and four team? Uh, what should they do right now? Yeah, you point out that I mean it's a, it's a, still a fairly long season. Even even if you didn't expand it, even if it's a 13 week season, you still have seven weeks left to play. You know, and you're not you're never going to be you know more than five games out of a playoff spot with seven weeks to go. So there's still things that can happen. I, I do recall that the best team I ever had in fantasy all these years, they ended up finishing 15 and two, including the playoffs. But they were 0 and two to start the season. So you know things can change in a heartbeat you definitely want to keep putting in your lineup keep trying to maximize your team and your roster your whole roster every single week because things can change uh on a dime and you want to put your best effort out there because you owe that to everyone else in the league is too you know as a player and as a commissioner i've seen too many guys give up on the season and just basically tank even with you know like not like you're getting a draft pick out of it for next year but but i've seen guys just give up and that's that's just not cool <laughs> from, from a fantasy football playing perspective. And really, it's not wise because you, you can still sneak into the playoffs. And once you get in the playoffs, it's, you know, like, just like in the NFL, the new season, anyone can win. So many times these teams that sneak into the playoffs in fantasy football, it's all about matchups. And, you know, if your guys stay healthy during weeks 14, 15, 16, you're going to be just fine. So keep trying, keep beating the bushes for, for free agents, keep trying to make trades, keep putting in your best lineup. You never know. Strange things can happen. So please just, just keep plugging away at it. Yeah. And also we want to remind everyone that we produce redrafter rankings every other week uh, during this part yeah. of the season. We started in week four, and then we went to week six, which was last week. We're doing our next redrafter rankings next week, week eight, and as well as week ten. And this can gives you a good indication of how we feel the players are going to do the rest of the season. It's not what they've done right now, but the current situation. All We rank everybody, including the Richard Pennies and, and uh, the Chris Carsons and the CMCs. Everyone that's on, on, on IR is ranked in these rankings, and it's a good trading tool to consider whether you will need to trade somebody or, or acquire somebody or sit or bench somebody. What, what are your thoughts uh, on that uh, issue, uh, Chris? Yeah, it's, it's really important because, you know, when you make a trade, we talked about this in like my trading article on the preseason uh, draft report or preseason reports. When you make a trade, it's, it doesn't matter where you drafted them, how much you paid for them in an auction. It doesn't matter even what they've done so far this year. You know, that's going to predict a little bit what the team is using it for. The important thing is, what is this guy going to do from here on out the rest of the season? And that's not always the guys that are great the first few weeks. It's not always the guys you drafted high. So you really need to use something like the redrafter rankings as well as your own projections for what a guy's going to do the rest of the year, and, and including the guys that are currently on your roster. There are some guys you just need to cut bait on. Uh, there's a few guys coming up in the flicks we're going to talk about that I think it's probably time to really cut bait on in, in a reasonable size league. So you need to think about not only who to go after, who's either underperforming or been injured, like you said, or who's got a good schedule coming up and had a tough one early, but then you also need to think about who you need to get rid of to, put the, to fill those roster spots. And, and always, always, always look forward. It doesn't matter. You can look back, but that's not going to be the, the difference maker. 
That's right. Okay, let's get to the abbreviated list of injuries here. Uh, quarterback position, uh, Teddy Bridgewater uh, practices limited uh, today. Uh, he's playing, of course, on Thursday night. He's got a foot injury. They expect him to play there. Uh, Baker Mayfield, you know, he's still good, gutting it out. He sat on Monday. He said he's feeling a little bit better. He was actually limited in practice today. I expect to see him on Thursday. I'm not sure how effective he's going to be because that's a pretty good Denver defense there, but he, he's going to give it a go. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, came off the bye. He practiced on Monday. Uh, his teammate, Trey, uh, Trey Lance, with the knee. Uh, by the way, Garoppolo has that cap injury. Uh, he actually sat, Lance sat, and so it's looking more like, uh, you know, it's early in the week. Garoppolo looks like he's going to start this week's game. Of course, in New York, the Giants, uh, Saquon Buckley, they're completely uh, banged up there. His ankle, uh, he's likely out at least this week. Uh, and then, you know, we'll check on him again next week. Kenny Galladay with the hyperextended knee. His, his status is uncertain. If he can get some kind of practice time in, he may start, may play this week, but I would think he'd be limited and probably not play at all. Kadiris Tony, unfortunately, there's another guy. He hurt his ankle again. He's expected to miss at least one game, so he's out this week. Uh, moving over to the former Giant in Cleveland, Odell Beckham, with a shoulder injury. He sat practice out the last two days here. He's no lock to play. they got Jarvis Landry coming off the IR with a knee injury, and hopefully they want, they uh, hope to get him back on Thursday. We will see there. And, of course, uh, in Indianapolis, we just talked about T.Y. Hilton last Tuesday before anyone talked about him, and all of a sudden the next day news broke, hey, he's going to play this week. Uh, he practiced, he played, four catches, 80 yards, but he ended the game with a clot injury. Uh, any, any local information there, uh, Chris, on uh, T.Y. Hilton's status for this week yet? Uh, there's nothing that's indicated he's not going to play yet. In fact, Frank Reich in his uh... – one of his press conferences, I can't remember if it was after the game Sunday or, or on Monday, he kind of you know, dismissed it, kind of saying, yeah, he was in rough shape after the game, but he's pretty sure he's going to be fine. And that's a big deal because T.Y. Hilton, I mean, that offense just looks different when he's out there. Even if he's not running around making the catches, they just have a little bit more swagger to them and a little more confidence. So I, I think that's a big difference maker for that whole unit. So it's, it's going to be important to get him out there. He's also about the only guy that can take the top off of defense with Paris Campbell now being out for the year. Um, there's, there's actually a possibility that, you know, here's a name from the pe- recent past, Kiki Kuti might get called up from the practice squad to fill that slot receiver uh, role. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I was just going to mention Paris Campbell, a foot injury on a 51-yard touchdown. Didn't look like he got hurt at all on that play, Chris. Did you see exactly where he may have hurt his foot? No, I couldn't tell at all, but, you know, this guy's made of porcelain. I mean, a porcelain Campbell is what we call him around here because the guy oh. just can't seem to stay healthy, and, and it's a long-term injury from what Frank Reich had said uh, in the days since. So looks like he's going to be done for the foreseeable future, possibly even the year, and I would say, if that's the case, possibly even his tenure in Indianapolis. Yeah, it's kind of sad there. Uh, yeah, I know they just put him on IR. So uh, if you got Paris Campbell, you can cut him. Uh, moving on over to, to Miami, we've been waiting on Devonta Parker to play uh, shoulder hamstring. Uh, you know, uh, he did. He made the trip uh, over over the cross the pond there, but he did not play. We'll see if he can practice this week. Sammy Watkins, the guns again, is injured. Uh, thigh, uh, and uh, he's, his status is uncertain. And the two big ones at the t- at tight end, uh, first of all, Noah Fant looks good to go. He was limited in practice today with a foot injury. He's going to be very important for their team. And Rob Gronkowski been waiting for like three or four weeks now. Uh, he did not go through the walkthrough that was held today. However, that didn't signal the official starts of practice tomorrow. So we'll see. If he gets some kind of practice, then he may play this week. If he doesn't, then O.J. Howard is a good fantasy pick up there. He's coming off a game where he scored last week. And, of course, Tom Brady likes to throw it to his big tight ends there. Uh, anyway, we'll be right back after this important message. 
You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Please, please check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of good free stuff on there for fantasy football, including our free NFL Quick Bits uh, news uh, feature, which is updated on a daily basis. Of course, we're still uh, producing free Eye in the Sky scouting reports, uh, including those that cover the Indianapolis Colts from Chris Rito. Our weekly in-season fantasy newsletters have been uh, prorated down premium for, to $24.95. We're coming up on our mid-season sale uh, special here in the next week or two, people. But if you want immediate help, it's $24.95. You can check out a sample of Week 3's the market feature with free agent player rankings and trading advice for all to view, as well as the inside slant uh, from Week 4. Uh, you want to just uh, go to the home page and under the click-down menu of uh, premium, you'll see premium samples. That's where all the links are. And lots of other stuff from the previous years you can check out different parts of the season and how we've helped out our subscribers. And, of course, please follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. All right, let's get to this week's picks to click and flick off your starting roster or onto your starting roster. Give me a couple of quarterbacks you like this week and why, Chris. Yeah, it's important to remember that this being a huge bye week, a lot of good teams and a lot of teams on bye this week, that there's, there's guys that are, might even be on the waiver wire that are actually worth starting this week. So I'm going to try to angle more towards guys who you might not think are startable. But also, that also helps you for your DFS plays as well. So I'm going to start with Ryan Tannehill. Um, he showed last night that, that he can lead the team in the shootout, even against the league's number one defense. And the Chiefs this week are a lot closer to number 32 defense. They've allowed the, the second most points to quarterbacks so far. Although, to be fair, they've only faced one power-running team like Tennessee, and they got gassed on the ground in that game too. But this game should be a shootout, so I look for Tannehill to put the ball in the air a little more than he might like to, and he'll have success. He's also a bi-week film that I just don't think will hurt you this week. And then I like Jameis Winston this week. Uh, the Seahawks have allowed top 10 fantasy quarterback scoring so far in 2021, and they've only played two guys that are in the top 20 in quarterback points per game and none in the top nine. So they're letting up a ton of points to subpar passers. I know Jameis is streaky, but he has a great chance this week to attack a very weak secondary. Jameis has also been traditionally very good coming out of bye weeks. He's averaging 307 yards and nearly three touchdowns a game in five such career games after a bye week. And twice he's played in Seattle, and he's thrown for multiple scores in each game, which is a tough place to play for a quarterback. Sean Payton teams are also notoriously good coming out of the bye, winning four of their last five and 12 of 18 since he got there. So I really like New Orleans this week. Okay, a couple of quarterbacks I like this week is Sam Darnold. I know it's been the ugly Darnold show the last couple of weeks here. However, he's going against the New York Giants, and I hate to say it, but my team's defense and secondary is not good. You saw that last week against the Rams and Matthew Stafford. I think Sam Darnold comes in there, throws a couple of touchdown passes, maybe even one run, run one in. I know that they want to run more. And that will uh, undoubtedly include Sam Darnold to an extent there. Also, Matt Ryan, Atlanta, uh, coming off the bye, well-rested. They're playing the Dolphins. Dolphins are one in five people. Yeah, that's the same record as the New York Jets. Now their defense uh, 
can make some plays, but they're also giving up a lot. And guess what? Matt Ryan gets Calvin Ridley back. He's got Kyle Pitts well established now. Had his first score last uh, two weeks ago uh, after the uh, before the bye. And of course, Cordero Patterson does everything out of the backfield. So I think Matt Ryan's good for a couple scores in this game. So if you need him, start him. A couple guys I'm concerned about: uh, Geno Smith. Uh, he's doing his best Russell Wilson impression, but uh, against the Saints, probably one score at best. So I'm not looking for a big game there. So uh, he's going to be in the bottom of our rankings here and Joe Burrow who is not he was not failed to throw at least two touchdown passes every single week this season well I'm I'm, I'm thinking you're going to temper your expectations because the Ravens have given up only nine touchdown passes in six games this year and they're coming off a good game where they shut down Justin Herbert and the Chargers high-powered offense so be careful with Joe Burrow there uh, if you need him, start him and, and kind of cross your fingers and pray. It's going to be tough to get two touchdown passes at him this week. How about you, Chris? A couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why? Uh, speaking of your Giants, I'll go Daniel Jones. Uh, I'm not sure he was even ready to be put back in the lineup last week or if all the missing weapons made him a sitting duck, but he was even more under siege than we expected from the Rams defense last week. Most of these weapons are still going to be out this week, and the defense of the Panthers is not a whole lot easier to tee off on. Now, Carolina looked bad this last week. But these Giants have nothing like the weapons of the Vikings. Uh, and Carolina's allowed under 200 yards passing four of their last five games. Giants are a team in disarray, and an angry, pa- angry and embarrassed Panthers defense is not what they want to see. And then I don't like Baker Mayfield. Um, even without the shoulder injury, Mayfield was not even producing as a quarterback two on a point-per-game basis. Four of his six games under 20 points. He's got injuries on the O-line, obviously at running back, some at receiver as well as his own. There's just no reason to expect even a serviceable fantasy output this week on a short week. And I've not even begun to tap into the opponent Broncos, who have allowed the third-fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks and the fewest completions so far. Just stay away this week, even if Mayfield plays. And in some 12-team leagues, he might not even be rosterable right now, even in this heavy bye week. Ouch. Okay, give me a couple of running backs you like and why this week. Love me some J.D. McKissick this week. The Packers are allowing about six running back receptions a game, and they're not particularly stout against the run either. Opposing teams should try to keep A.A. Rod and company off the field as much as possible, so I think they're going to try to control the ball. McKissick's coming off a season high in rushing attempts and receptions and clearly took nearly all the snaps when Gibson left the game last week. Now, with Gibson still struggling with that shin injury, I think there's a good chance McKissick will see extended action, and his skills should fit the expected game plan and the opponent well. I look for another big PPR game for McKissick this week. And then what's not to love about Chuba Hubbard this week? Head coach Matt Rule unambiguously said they need to commit to running the ball even more this week to be in Chuba's favor as he handled nearly all of the Carolina rushing touches last week as the feature back. With the Giants yielding the second most rushing attempts so far this year, this looks like a definite high-volume week for the rookie. Uh, The G-men have allowed three straight big days to feature back. And this looks to be four in a row after Chumbawamba Hubbard tub thumps him again this week. <laughs> I love that. Okay, a couple of running backs I like this week. Obviously, uh, Daryl Henderson uh, for the Rams. Uh, they're playing the Lions. People, get all your uh, Rams uh, starters into the lineup, especially Daryl Henderson. Heck, if you're desperate, maybe Sonny Michelle might make an appearance there and, and score on the Lions anyway. Uh, another guy I like this week, James Conner. Uh, not getting too much love there, but he's seeing a lot of uh, touches and especially carries there for Arizona with Chase Edmonds beat up. Well, they're playing the Texans this week, and the Texans, especially on the road, and this game is in Arizona, are just pathetic. 
pathetic. And I, I see James Conner scoring. This might be another one of his two t- TD specials. So if you need Conner, start him. A couple of guys I'm concerned about. You're probably going to still stick with Devontae Booker, but uh, you know he's not Dalvin Cook, who, who really ran all over the Panthers. Panthers are upset. I think they're going to limit Dal- uh, Devontae Booker there. And of course, if they get right at the goal line, Elijah Penny, Penny got the score last week. Uh, so you know you're, you're just kind of starting Booker and crossing your fingers and, pl- and praying there. The other uh, New York uh, running back on the other team, the Jets, Michael Carter. Well, the Patriots have allowed one rushing score to a running back in all of 21, uh, 2021 so far. And the last time these played, uh, Carter didn't do anything against the, the Patriots, so I'd be very careful there. He's obviously going to see a lot more touches than he did in that game, but you know, it's once again, it's uh, put him in the lineup if I have to because it's a bye week, cross my fingers and pray. Um, okay, uh, Chris, how about a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why? Uh, none of the Bears running backs I like this weekend. Obviously, this Bucks defense is a tough one to like any running back against. The uncertainty in the backfield also means that you really can't guess how the touches will be split, especially if Damian Williams is back in the fold this week. Herbert looked just fine against a mediocre run defense with all of the touches last week, but he did not look significantly better than Williams, who, who saw about a near 50-50 split the week before when Montgomery went out. At best, Williams is out again, but Herbert still has to face Tampa. You're probably starting either one of these in a heavy bye week, but I would temper expectations for both. And I'm a little bit concerned about Melvin Gordon this week. Um, Cleveland's been pretty tough on opposing running backs. They've allowed the third fewest points on average, despite Austin Eckler going nuclear on him in week five. And more importantly, they have been brutally bad against the pass, Cleveland has. So the volume for both Gordon and Williams collectively could be lower this week than usual. They've been splitting touches and snaps nearly evenly. But I noticed that the rookie has been getting more of the high-value red zone touches in recent weeks. So with Gordon still nursing a bit of an injury and being limited in practice a few times this week, I can see it shifting more towards like a 60-40 split than a 50-50 split. That gives Gordon a smaller piece of a smaller pie. Okay, how about a couple of wide receivers you like and why? A couple of fringe guys that may be available in some leagues. Uh, Darnell Mooney, first of all. It's hard not to like any wide receiver featuring the facing the Bucks secondary, especially a downfield outside threat like Mooney. And clearly Mooney's becoming the de facto wide receiver one for Justin Fields as well. Uh, surprisingly, he has more targets than A-Rob in four of the last five games, and he has more targets, catches, and yards so far this year than Robinson as well. This is the team that should be or could be in catch-up mode the entire game, so clearly there should be some balls in the air for Fields and not in the middle and short range where Fields has even struggled, so I don't think Robinson's going to be the guy. And then I love Nicole Hardman this week. Um, obviously, the Tennessee defense is one to target. They've allowed the second most points to wide receivers. You saw three guys have a big game against them on, on Monday night. They've allowed the most yards, the second most touchdowns, and they've clearly been susceptible to speedier guys. Hardman's a sneaky good play. He has established himself as a prime force in this offense. 17 targets the last two games, 13 receptions, as well as the occasional running play. And with Hardman, it only takes one of those plays to have a big fantasy day. There you go. Uh, you know, I, I'm speaking of, you said you took the words right out of my mouth, sneaky good wide receiver. I think that's Tim Patrick this week for Denver. He's going to score on the Browns. Uh, Patrick just does not get any kind of uh, uh, love at all. He's totally underrated, and yet he always all he does is make plays. Now, he doesn't put up huge numbers, but 
consistent in PPR, anywhere from you know 12 to 18 points a game. Uh, you know, and Jerry Judy doesn't look like he's coming back this week yet. It's too uh, quick on a Thursday night. So Tim Patrick, if you need him, start him. I'm starting him in the FFPC. Anyway, uh, DJ Moore's automatic start. I just think I just wanted to bring him up here because I think it's a huge game coming against the Giants. I know they're going to run, 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 run. But when Sam Darnold looks, he sees DJ Moore, and that's who he connects with. And I think he's an automatic score this week. A couple of guys I'm concerned about. Tyler Lockett not getting very many targets from Geno Smith. Just not feeling the chemistry and the love there. Uh, limited quality throws, um, and they're playing the Saints on on Monday night. There, be careful there. And uh, on Thursday, uh, I just not playing OBJ until he does actually something uh, seriously good. Also, you got Baker Mayfield might not play in this game. They're not going to have their regular running back there. Uh, Jarvis Landry might actually play in this game. And important, most importantly, is that OBJ's injured. He's got a um, shoulder injury and he hasn't practiced. So if he plays, he might be limited and used as a decoy. So be uh, careful there, people. I'd look elsewhere. How about you, Chris? A couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why? Uh, A.J. Green comes to mind for me this week. Green has been really consistent, exactly six targets in five of six games so far. But there are several factors that indicate to me a possible lower output this week. First of all, the Texans have allowed amongst the fewest wide receiver points and the third fewest wide receiver receptions per game. And most of what they've allowed has been to the alpha dogs while shutting down all the secondary targets. So I think the addition of Zach Ertz is likely to take targets from those secondary guys and possession receivers like Green more so than others. And then finally, you know the Cardinals are going to do everything in their power to highlight Nuke Hopkins in his matchup with Houston this week. So I suspect that that's going to further reduce Green's volume. I just think Green's a little bit of a caution play. He's been, you know, up and he scored every other week. This is his week not to score. So just don't expect a lot. You might probably still start him. And then I don't like Jacoby Myers this week. Uh, the touchdown gods clearly do not like this guy. as <laughs> He's still seeking his first NFL score. He got one taken off on, on a penalty last week despite having over 1,400 career yards and 120 catches. And the Jets do not look like the team against he's going to break that string. They've allowed a league-low reception and touchdown total to wide receivers so far, and they're coming off a bye. And Myers also had his lowest PPR total of the league earlier this year in the first Jets matchup. Um, This game could actually be a very low-scoring ground fest, so I don't expect high volume or success for Myers uh, either this week, despite his high target rate this year. Yeah, I saw that uh, that game. He was so happy that his, uh, his teammates came over and slapping him on the helmet in the back and everything. And oh, oh with the flag took it away. Oh man! <laughs> Previous week he caught one and was tackled at the one yard line. They immediately took him out of the game and threw it to Hunter Henry in the end zone. And I'm like, really? That's Bill Belichick for you. Anyway, how about the tight end position? A couple of guys that you like this weekend? Why, Chris? You know, I mentioned Zach Ertz when I talked about Green. I think Ertz showed that he still had the skills, and he falls into a great situation where he can be a great red zone threat. And unlike in Philly, the tight end will not get top coverage in Arizona. Uh, He steps right into a role without competition for routes and targets at the tight end position and immediately faces the team that has allowed the most fantasy production to the position through six games. So I don't think his total targets and routes will be quite as high his first game as a Cardinal. I'm sure he's going to merit some of those high-value targets in the red zone. I think he's got a decent chance to score this week. And then I love Ross Dwelly as a sneaky waiver wire play this week. Colts have allowed the most tight end receptions in the last three weeks, and they are amongst the five most generous to the position for the season, and not just because of Mark Andrews' Monday night football explosion a few weeks ago. Even the Texans' weak tight end did some damage last week. So with Kittle on the shelf, Dwelly has stepped right in and absorbed nearly all of the snaps and routes at the position. Now, he's no George Kittle for PPR, 
but he does average more fantasy points per snap than does Kittle this season. So if you need a guy off the waiver wire to step in for the bye week, he's probably the best one out there for the taking, and he has a nice matchup to potentially exploit. Okay, a couple uh, tight ends I like this week. Well, uh, Darren Waller hasn't done much the last uh, three weeks, but I think he's got a big rebound game coming against the Eagles. They've given up five touchdown score, uh, tight end scores in 2021, so stick with Waller if you got him. And, of course, uh, Dallas Goddard. Now it depends, of course, him coming off the COVID list, but if he does, he, he's healthy. He should be. He gets the Raiders this week, a team that struggles against the tight end, so you're going to go in and start him uh, because he will be a top-ten fantasy player <laughs> tight end if he plays. A couple of guys I'm concerned about, uh, all the Cleveland uh, guys, uh, Sit Hooper and Najoku against the Broncos, a team that plays the tight end very well. And, of course, O.J. Howard, it depends on Gronk's return. If Gronk plays, you sit Howard. If he doesn't, then you can consider him. Uh, of course, remember, uh, they're, they're also playing the tough Bears defense against the tight end, so um, Howard's not going to probably do what he did last week if he starts and if Gronk sits, but, you know, be careful there. How about a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about, Chris, and why? Uh, Gerald Everett amazingly has identical stats to his teammate Will Disley. Same number of targets, catches, uh, yards, and touchdowns to Will Disley. That's not a compliment for fantasy football. And he was playing less snaps when they were both available this past week. So with the questions surrounding the Seattle offense in the passing game, I think banking on one of the tertiary receivers in a very tough matchup seems like a really bad idea. Saints have allowed amongst the fewest fantasy points to tight ends, only two catches per game, and they've yet to yield position, which seems like Everett's only passed to fantasy value this week. Um, and I don't like Evan Engram. This flick is not so much about the matchup as it is the player himself. With all the attrition at receiver in the past month in New York, Ingram has had every chance to step up and be the fantasy factor we've expected for years, and he's come up completely small. There's been an average of 40 balls in the air the past four weeks with Ingram on the field and a cast of no ones in the route tree, and he has still yet to post a double-digit PPR game. Graybeard and stone-legged Kyle Rudolph is a bigger fantasy factor for this team than the stone-handed Ingram. So much talent, just not worth a roster spot even in this big bye week. Ouch, man, that's that's bad. Okay, well, we want to remind everyone, Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. It's like Robin Hood and DraftKings had a baby. Sign up with your promo code MASTERMIND to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. The share could be as expensive as $30, and watching how it performs will get you more comfortable with the app. Remember, if you're using an Android, check them out at www.predictionstrike.com people. This is our sponsor and very important to our show. If you want to support us, please visit their site and check out their game and try it. Uh, You'll have lots of fun. Anyway, let's get right to our one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with them, Chris. Uh, I like Jake Elliott this week. As the weather turns in late fall, location often matters as much as opponent. Playing indoors in a plus matchup this week, I like his chances to surprise. And then I like go think about Young Hook Who. Um, his struggles early and the bye week last, last week might have left him out on your waiver wire. So I think a strong matchup against the Miami team that allows the third most points per game and five of six games over nine points allowed uh, looks like a great time to get Koo back in your lineup. And then a couple of defenses I like that are playing against each other, uh, the Jets and New England. These are two bad offenses that have allowed top five fantasy defensive points allowed against them the last three weeks and two defensive-minded coaches that could play a low-scoring slugfest. I mean, this could be a 5-2 to two game for all I know. Um, it's supposed to also rain the night prior and be cool and windy on game day, so that will always help with, with turnovers and bad passing games. So I think these are two defenses that have struggled, but they've been mediocre uh, against best, lesser teams. They're both playing lesser teams this week. 
Okay. We want to remind everybody, please check out our website, ffmastermind.com. And thank you for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. See you all next week when we preview week eight. Yes, almost the midway point of the entire season of the NFL season. Good night and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.